your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to episode 429 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined as always for a fun episode, all full of hypotheticals. My wonderful co-host, Scott Matlet. Scott, are you ready to play hypothetical games? Let's pretend we're all gathered around a bar table or whatever, and we're all talking, and we've had a few drinks, and we're discussing the perfect world for the Montreal Canadiens. Are you ready for such an episode? Well, I better be, considering the team isn't doing anything right now besides <laughs> signing HL, which we admitted they had to do, but like there is... Uh... There is nothing happening right now in the world of hockey, unless you want minor league signings or anything like that. Exactly that. Uh, and uh, because it is the off season, we are lining up guests. We're going to have some familiar uh, faces coming up in the next few episodes. Uh, we're having guests that maybe you might never have met before. And we're also shooting for the moon and we're going to see if we can get you some people over the course of the summer. So as you know, we're back to three days a week in the off season. We're going to be doing that until the end of September. Uh, they'll let us know uh, if we're going to come back before October or in October. We're definitely three days a week for the time being. And we're really hoping to get you guys some voices uh, from around the Habs world and we can talk and we're working on all of that, so to speak. And we hope to have some fun, fun surprises. But in the meantime, Today's episode is going to be one of those. We made our own mailbag, basically. We, 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 you know, we, we thought, why don't we discuss some um, could never happen? But before we get to that, there's still some possibilities out there on the free agent market. So let's live in the real world before we go out there and swing for the fences. So, Scott, you said that you were taking a look at the available free agent pool. And while we know that there's no replacing Philippe Dano with what's available right now, and we're assuming that the Canadians don't land uh, Jack Eichel, who's out there in free agency that's still worth taking a look at both in terms of forwards and in terms of defense? Well, I, I mainly looked at the forward group and especially down the middle. <laughs> the defense is a bit slim pickings, isn't it? Oh, the center group's not much better if you get rid of the <laughs> RFAs. Um, it, it's a, it, the highest scoring forward in that group of centers who are UFAs right now was Travis Zajac, and that tells you all you need to know. It, it, it's a pretty rough spot, and I we kind of came to this conclusion already, but the Canadians aren't replacing Philip Deneau through free agency at this point in time. Uh, there's some low risk options like a Matthew Perot, like that they got, but down the middle, someone like a Marcus Johansson, maybe there's Tyler Bozak is out there, but I don't think he fits the role that they want. It, it, it's unsurprisingly slim pickings like across the board. It's not pretty. And I am really hoping that Mark Bergevin has something up his sleeve that isn't Hope a free agency signing works out because right now, uh, yeah, there's a, it, it's not pretty at all. 
Right. And, and we said this last week and also Arpend in his, uh, uh, in his sort of recap of free agency said that, you know, the Canadians are unfinished. Uh, speaking of the athletic, Marc-Antoine Godin also said on Twitter, he didn't write this article, but on Twitter, he said that he had the sense that the Canadians uh, lineup holes were going to be filled through trade and not through free agency, which I totally understand. I, I think if you're looking at the free agent pool right now, it's not necessarily very wise to spend cap space on something you don't want just because you have to, right? If that's going to be the case, if you're not going to make your team any better, then why don't you call somebody up and get them uh, prepared for a career in the NHL in that situation? We're going to talk about that a little bit later in this episode. But first, I wanted to float this because somebody on Habs Twitter, and I'm so sorry, I don't remember who it was, but somebody floated that they were hearing that Kuznetsov might be available and that the Canadians should consider uh, adding Kuznetsov. Now, that's not an identified need on the Montreal Canadiens, but I still think it's an idea worth exploring. I, I think someone like Kuznetsov comes with an inherent risk in that he had a lot of uh, COVID run-ins this year, which whether that's his fault or not, who really knows, but there was that whole incident about doing cocaine years ago or a few years ago. I don't know. Time has no meaning, but Kuznetsov is exactly the kind of exciting player the Canadians would love. But at the same time, does he fill a void that is already filled in by a Suzuki or Kotkaniemi? Can he be a guy who eats defensive minutes because Kuznetsov played, I believe with uh, Oshi, if I'm not wrong in, uh, in Washington, and the other thing is Montreal is over the cap limit right now before they've put people on LTIR and they have to be cap compliant before using LTIR. So there's got to be some finagling there. I wouldn't say no to an Evgeny Kuznetsov just because of how exciting he is as a player. It's just a matter of can, where does he fit in this lineup right now? And I'm doing this real quick. I'm taking a look at his numbers here and I'm making sure that he is in fact, what this team is looking for, a center, not a winger. And, yep, he's a center. And he's coming off a season where he had 29 points in 41 games. That includes, you know, his time sent on COVID IR. He had 52 points in 63 games last year. The offensive numbers are there, and I think he could probably be gotten for cheaper than Jack Eichel. It's just what is the gap between Kuznetsov to Eichel and are they going to be able to get Kuznetsov to be within the rules, I guess, in Montreal, because we know all the temptations there are in this city. Can you keep him focused to get the best out of him on the ice right now? And I think that's definitely an inherent risk. Exactly. Like you said at the beginning, I just thought it was a fun idea to explore because it's not like the Canadians need a defensive uh, center right and he seems to be more of a playmaker type person from what I can tell from like from what I've watched to be honest like I haven't really looked at the numbers or anything like that it's literally the eye test that we're talking about uh, and uh, I, I think it's worth thinking about but as as you said until Jack Eichel is off the market and he's gone somewhere that isn't the Montreal Canadiens I think it's the Canadians really need to be calling Buffalo being like 
are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? What about this? What about this? I think that's what every team should be doing, especially since Jack Eichel has made it extremely clear that he does not, there's no good faith between him and the Buffalo Sabres at this time. And he really just, he just wants out. Uh, the, the Sabres are going to have to trade him at some point, so they might as well do it soon. And the Canadians might as well, uh, chew their ears off in the meantime, we're going to talk about a really fun hypothetical and it's a complete hypothetical. So we get to bend a bunch of rules and that's coming up in just one quick moment. But first rockauto.com is the only place you should be looking for car parts and car accessories. And why? Because you don't want to go to a chain store where they work with certain brands and they're limited to those brands. The stock might not be in, in store. And most importantly, they might charge you up to twice as much as they would a professional mechanic. Instead, check out rockauto.com where they have parts and accessories for every car, make, model, and year, literally every one, even if you're driving a classic and you can pull up their easy to use catalog. It's like a little drop down and every part or accessory will be there. And the prices are always reliably low. You can even choose your own price from what's available on there. It's really a no brainer. So what you need to do is go to rockauto.com for anything that you need, like car mats, even, you know, gas cap, any car part that you need, they'll be the ones that's where you'll find stuff. And if you go there, don't forget to tell them that locked on sent you in their, how did you hear about us box, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So it is the off season, which means we get to have lots and lots of fun, which also means we get to live in a complete fantasy land, I'm going to call it. And I wanted to ask Scott this question. I thought about this as I was going about my chores today. And I was like, if you take the Canadians as they are right now, so we're recording this on August 3rd, and we are looking at who's signed and who's under contract, who's an RFA. We're assuming that they're going to be able to keep those RFAs at this moment in time. And uh, you change literally one thing. You can only change one thing. And it has to be, it doesn't have to be realistic, but it has to be possible. So when I say it doesn't have to be realistic, for example, you probably aren't going to be able to trade for Sidney Crosby, but it's still possible. Like that's something that could happen. Like you can't resurrect a player from the dead. You can't say something like Larry Robinson in his prime. You can't say anything like that. What you can do is within today's NHL, you can trade for or sign whoever you want. And what, what we're talking about, the question is the ask here is you take the Canadians and you change only one thing, just, just one, no other things. And you propel them from being a bubble team into a surefire playoff team that you expect to win at least a couple of rounds. Scott, go. I am offer sheeting Elias Pettersson from the Vancouver Canucks. I think, one, Jim Benning is, quite frankly, an idiot. So <laughs> he, he can bluster all he wants that he's going to match it, but I don't anticipate him actually doing the right thing because I think he's stupid to be quite honest. And I'm going to go on air and say that I think Jim Benning is an idiot. So how do you run out of time to sign Tyler Foley? Anyways, that's a rant for another day, but I think offer sheeting Pedersen gives the Canadians 
exactly what they need. They can give up some of their draft capital. Mark Bergman usually does very well stockpiling that. They have a ton of prospects. And in return, they're getting a young, exciting player down the middle. And that gives them Suzuki, Pedersen, Kotkaniemi, and then an Evans, Paling, whatever. It's young. It's proven at the NHL level. And it's very, very talented. And it's extremely plausible that it's going to happen. They're going to have to shift some money around with trades and whatnot, whether that be a Druan or Byron or someone else. But offer sheeting Elias Pettersson is the move I would make for the Canadians. It gives them a center. It gets them someone young. And it gives them them on their terms without the negotiation. I do think if anyone's going to do it, uh, Mark Bergeron would be the one again. He's already done it once with Sebastian Ajo. What's to stop him from doing it uh, to Vancouver with a GM who is not quite as good at his job as Don Waddell was at the time? That's actually, I'm not going to top that. I did think that you were going to say an elite center. I absolutely thought so. I didn't think that you would make it so plausible uh, because it is possible. It's not, it's not completely out there. Like for me, I'm like, let's live in dreamland. We can get whatever we want uh, and not change anything else. And you went for something that not only is it is shooting for the moon, you're swinging for the fences, but it's actually possible too. I really like it. I'm not going to top that. And I'm also going to have to change my answer a little bit because I also did want an elite center, but Now I kind of want to take just a different kind of argument uh, and say the Canadians should get their hands on Kale McCarr. And the reason is there are a few factors that you need in order to build a contending team. One is a lot of cap space, which the Canadians don't have. And it would be cheating to say that's the one thing I would change is give them cap room or remove the salary cap, because then with that, they could make multiple different changes. And we're, we're talking about literally one change. So let's say you're living in the salary cap world. You need salary cap space or you need to have used it wisely. You need a, a, a crew of young up and coming players that are good, but are still on their first or second contract. So they're cheap and they do fit under the cap. You always, always need an elite center and a scoring winger. That's never going to change. The more of those you have, the better. Uh, and you, you need excellent goaltending because goaltending could sink or swim your team in the playoffs, especially. And you also need a really good dynamic puck moving defenseman, somebody who's good at both ends of the ice, who's able to create offense, who's able to keep up with the play. And who also in this scenario, because he was signed to a relatively like economical deal for what he brings is under contract for quite some time for not very much money. So, well, not very much money in context. Now that we're seeing all these defensemen make money that they they don't deserve around, uh, around this, uh, this, this crazy free agency splurge that people had uh, last week. So I think getting Caleb McCarr propels you because you do have players on the Canadians that are good, but if you don't have that dynamic defenseman, especially since you lost your number one defenseman, if you don't have somebody really dynamic on the back end, it, you're not really going to get anywhere with, you can have so many good forwards up front. You're not going to get any, I mean, like just look at the Edmonton Oilers and how they operate, right? Their goaltending is crap and their defense is old aged and backward thinking. So like that, you know, you're taking a team that could be a dynasty and you're robbing them of that chance to do it with bad roster management. So that's the one change I would make thoughts. 
I, I do think you're dead on there because one, it's it, like you said, it's exactly what this team needs. We're both along the same lines. We just targeted different areas of the lineup and like we'll get into in our final segment a little bit. It's the, the team has gaps and unfortunately both of them are not easily filled without doing something extreme to be quite honest. And God, <laughs> Kel McCarr in a Canadian's uniform would be fun for a lot of reasons most notably that he's extremely good at this whole playing hockey thing. So it's, yeah, I, I don't envy Mark Bergevin here trying to figure out what the hell he has to do now because uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy. And these are hypotheticals and they're still long shot situations, but I agree with your line of thinking on that in that we both have the same idea, just obviously different parts of the ice, one defense, one elite center, one way or the other, we're getting, we're trying to corral an elite player away from a team out in the Western Conference. <laughs> exactly that, and 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 we're identifying elite players in those positions as uh, a necessity. But in the absence of that, we're going to go back to the real world in our next segment, and we're going to talk about what if the Canadians aren't able to find what they want on the trade market? Is it possible to uh, rush, not rush, speed up, speed up somebody's development and uh, and bring them up from within, and what that would look like next season and if it's if it's at all a possibility and that's coming up in just one moment but first as you know locked on all our podcasts are fueled by built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar it is delicious it is a low in sugar low in calorie and high in protein and that's key and it is always it comes in 18 delicious flavors and they're all made with real chocolate and once in a while they'll have like a fun special edition flavor and we love those as well i use them for breakfast or sometimes as a mid-morning snack when I've forgotten my breakfast, I will often take them on the road with me. I know Scott will have one on the road on his way into work because they are so full of protein. They give you that energy. They're good for hiking. They're good for post-workouts. They're good for keeping your energy up during the day. And they've got all kinds of fun products. And if you want to try any of these energy uh, sustaining products, you can go to builtbar.com and enter locked 15 to get 15% off your order. That's builtbar.com or built.com and uh, enter promo code locked 15 and you will get 15% off your order. So we're kind of going to do another hypothetical, but this one is more based in the real world. My hypothetical question here is going to be, let's say Mark Bergevin does not find what the Canadians need. And again, we've identified two major roster holes that they need to fill. If he doesn't find it in free agency, obviously that's slim pickings. We already saw that. If he's not able to trade for somebody for whatever reason, uh, somebody outbids him, he doesn't want to part with a key piece in order to get that person what can the Canadians do from within? So right now we've identified a defensive center as a need. And so the way that we want to kind of discuss it is you can use a player that's currently in the lineup and move them around. And in order to fill any other holes that creates, you're going to have to call somebody up from Laval. So why don't we start with the center position? Because most people kind of have this consensus that you take Jake Evans and you put him in the third line and then you bring Ryan Paling up and then they sort of uh, trade the third and fourth lines throughout the season. 
That is kind of where my thought is as well. But uh, alongside that, my thought was there's also Lucas Vedemo who has professional experience in Sweden for a while. And I think he got some looks on the fourth line over the past couple of years, but nothing long-term. It, it's tough because the one area the Canadians are truly weak in is down the middle. They have a lot of guys who are very good bottom six pieces but nothing that is a standout Philip Deneau replacement. And I'm looking at the eyes on the prize depth chart here. And down the middle is Suzuki, Kakaniemi, Evans, Cedric Paquette, Lucas Vedemo, Laurent Dauphin, Zon Sebastian D, Ryan Paling, Jan Mishak, and Cam Hillis. Out of all of that, it you look at that Vedemo, uh, Jean Sebastian D, and uh, Ryan Paling triumvirate as your options there because Matthew Perot is not a center. Um, obviously Alex Belzeal is not a full-time center. They have very good wingers outside the NHL, but nothing and good centers outside the NHL, but nothing in the AHL right now. So you have to hope that Paling season where he made a ton of progress is going to carry over into this year. And that that's really it is you're hoping for the best in that regard. Yeah, I feel like a lot of teams at this point with uh, with the cap being the way it is and the dearth of free agents is that everybody's like, we're, we're going to take what we've got and we're going to hope for the best. And so let's turn our attention. Speaking of hoping for the best, we do hope that Shea Weber is OK, but it seems pretty clear that his future will not involve playing. Uh, and so we do need, or the Canadians do need, not, not me, myself sitting in my living room, uh, do not need a defenseman, but, uh, the Canadians are going to need a defenseman. They did, uh, they did sign David Savard and it was a really, really touching moment. I don't know if you saw it. The Canadians posted it on all of their social. Uh, he got to put on the Montreal Canadiens Jersey, which is a childhood dream of his. Uh, and uh, Matthew Perrault said the same thing, actually. And uh, it's, it's nice to see things like that. I think uh, a little bit of goodwill. It's like we discussed, you know, the organization might be uh, some, we're not happy with them at the moment, but it shouldn't come at the expense of the players. It shouldn't come at the expense of the guys who just got to the final. It shouldn't come to, at the expense of these new guys that they signed. And, uh, and, and so it was really, really touching to see, but we have to face the fact is that David Savard is a defensive defenseman and he cannot play Shea Weber minutes. Uh, and, uh, and so that there's going to have to be some changes there. Yes. He's going to be able to eat up minutes, uh, especially as we're assuming that if they don't find another number one defense, Jeff Petrie is going to be moved up to that role and we think he's capable of that role but he's going to need support in the second and third pairing department so who would you use like how would you shape your defensive lineup and use what's already available in the Montreal Canadiens especially knowing that Kale Fleury's gone now and he was going to be our next uh, our next call up so This might be cheating just a little bit, but I look at Matthias Norlinder and I look at Caden Gooley as potential options. I look at what Norlinder does. He's a puck mover and you put him with someone like Savard who we can default to or a Kulak or someone like that, because I'm looking at the right side of defense. You have Petrie, Savard, Romanov, Weidman, Belpedio, and then obviously the injured Shea Weber, Josh Brook in the AHL. And then on, in the prospect pool, it's Mayu, Kostenko, Sobolev, and Henriksen. There's a lot of 
completely unproven pieces there, none of which are ready for NHL minutes. But Norlinder has experience playing for Frölunda in Sweden. Kane Gooley played in the AHL last year and didn't look out of place. I wouldn't be shocked if either of those guys makes some noise in camp and ends up making the team. I would have said Jordan Harris, if had he signed, he would have had a perfect path forward to try and get to this team here, but he chose to finish his studies at Northeastern. But I do think uh, Matthias Norlinder is a guy that they should be looking at leaning on, especially given their flaws in the lineup. I don't think Chris Weidman, Abel Pedio, or anyone like that are going to help this team do what it needs to do. And I do think Norlinder and Gooley are going to get a nice, real nice long look at the NHL level here. Kind of like we saw from uh, Victor Mete when he made the team originally as well. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's not cheating. If the Canadians have their rights, it's not cheating if the Canadians would be able to play them. Right. So I do uh, remember that in the last off season, we had a nice long discussion with uh, Patrick Bexell and uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring him on in the off season as well to talk about uh, Norlinder because we said that at the time we said that he was getting ready to make the jump, but he was not ready at that point, but he's had a really great season from what I can tell from how promising he's he's shown himself to be and the thing is no matter what it's not going to be a perfect situation for the Canadians they they like the holes that they have are too great to fill so if you're going to call somebody up there are going to be growing pains there are going to be issues but at the same time I do think that this is a perfect opportunity to do that because you know you're not bad enough to tank and you're not like you're not going to be able to convince NHL players to tank. You're not going to be able to convince a coach to tank. And I'm sorry, but this team is not bad enough to tank. It's just, it's literally not right. Lots of things have to go wrong with injuries and stuff in order for them to end up at the bottom. So if you know that you're going to get a middle uh, first round pick anyways, why not call up these guys and make them NHL ready for the following year? I think that that's, uh, that's, that's worth it. And as far as Norlinder, I feel like he can inject some excitement into the Habs as well. Like right now we're looking at a, not a very mobile defense, to be honest, like let's, let's face it. And, uh, some question marks up front. So why not inject some speed, some skill, some excitement into the lineup with a fun guy from across the pond. And I think that's exactly it is that they have fun pieces. It's just, they're not quite here yet. I look at Harris. I look at Struble. Those are guys who I'm very excited about Harris, especially who plays such a professional game. You can see the reinforcements coming in the future and I'm sure there'll be more added and we'll be surprised because I didn't even talk about the two guys or the three guys really playing in the AHL, Corey Schooneman, Gianni Fairbrother and Josh Brooke, all of whom had strong, good showings last year. And Brooke played as a forward for part of the season because of injuries and still did quite well. And Corey Schoenman came out of nowhere and earned an NHL contract, a really good puck mover, really good in possession. He's the kind of guy that this team should be looking at. And a lot of people I think are going to be surprised when uh, preseason starts and go, well, who the hell is that guy? And then I get to be the one that's like, well, actually I watched him play in the AHL. I get to be that guy on Twitter. Not that I don't love being that guy, but you get what I mean. <laughs> you love being that guy. Come on. I mean, I do, but I try to not like be too cocky and arrogant about it, I guess. 
It's true. And as have, have fans, sometimes we do get overexcited about prospects just because they were drafted by the Canadians. Uh, although I do think that, you know, out of, out of all the people that are currently playing in the AHL, the Canadians themselves are probably most likely, uh, given the way that their mentality is, give Josh Brook probably the first look out of all of those guys. Um, you know, not, not because they hate fun or anything, but that's kind of how hockey minds work. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. There's still quite a bit of off season left for them to sort things out. And if they don't get, if they don't get what they want on the free agent market, we, like we talked about last week, if they land somebody like Jack Eichel, you have to trade for a good defenseman and go for it. You're not going to waste more of Jack Eichel's career and you can sort of, you can, shore up your team around him right but if you don't land a big piece like that then you you might as well get your young players in if you're going to be a bubble team or a mid team anyway whether or not you make the playoffs I think it's worth it to make your team as good as possible for the coming years because if you want a contending window you have to open it like it's not just going to open for you you have to do the work and I think that that's it's going to be an interesting year like we said it's probably it's not going to be a wash like I don't think anybody's ready for a tank or a write-off or anything like that but we do expect there to be a management change at the end of it and we do think that you know it's um the Canadians have some big losses to fill, like big, big, big holes to fill. And so you might as well just do what you can to build for the future, I think. And in the absence of actually being able to earnestly tank, I think that's what you do is you get your young players ready. It's exactly like you said, you know, if they get Eichel, you got to go for it. You spend, you figure out what you got to do, but there are worse things in the world than seeing what you have in your prospect pool and ending up figuring out where your next few steps are instead of being one step ahead, maybe you're two or three ahead and it allows you to kind of get your retooling underway a little bit easier. You're not spending time trying to figure out who's worth what and who isn't worth anything anymore. It it just kind of alleviates some potential pressure in that regard, I think. Yeah. And I think it's, there's, there's something to be said for all your promising players playing on the same team on the same system for, uh, an extended amount of time in order for them to become good together. And on that note, uh, our next episode is going to be the mailback episode on Friday. So make sure you send us your mailback questions. Uh, you can email them to us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you like us, please tell your friends and please leave us some good ratings on your podcast app of choice. And if you liked this podcast, check out the Crosscheck NHL with Mary Clark and Andrew Berkshire. Every week they talk about some of the major issues going on in the NHL and they often have fun interviews. They've had some really great guests. So please check them out. Crosscheck NHL wherever you get any of your favorite Locked On podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.